0: purposes only. Individual situations may vary and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice.
1: Whenever you're ready. Very good. Good morning, I'm Frank Congelous and... Welcome to the Institute of Responsible Wealth's update with regard to, you know, our perspectives on finance and economics. Our guest today is Mike Trudell, global strategist over at BlackRock. Mike, welcome. It's great to have you with us today. Frank, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. So, so Mike, you know, it's been a crazy year. You know, when I think back and, you know, what went on in 2022, uh, first time in a long time that we had both Equities were down, bonds were down, and you know in fact, when I look at most asset classes, everything looked down for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, any different that you, you know, saw on the black box side? Uh, I think a,
2: a couple of things. It was unfortunate the degree to which we saw uh, equities and bonds uh, struggle last year. Uh, we do think some of it was unfortunately tied to some of the events that took place early in 2022. A lot of folks you know, realize that when Russia invaded Ukraine, um, it caused some uh, outlooks to change um, because oil prices and natural gas prices rose very high, and that hurt the prospects of uh, a number of industrial companies in the United States but probably more importantly in Europe. Uh, there was a lot of pressure that was placed on uh, a lot of these businesses, and a lot of these industries, and um, inflation ended up being higher than what people anticipated because we were paying more for uh, commodity costs, which also fed, it, fed into higher pr- food prices. So that higher level of inflation that the Fed is still dealing with was um, probably the biggest proximate cause for a lot of the, uh, I would say, financial upheaval that we endured last year. Uh, but it is good to see as we've turned the calendar into 2023, uh, January was a very strong month. Gave a little bit back in February, uh, but so far in March, again, uh, starting to move in the, in the right direction.
1: You know, and I, I always say is, you know, when we look, you know, it's, you know, we just go through some cycle. Um, it's always different. Mm-hmm. And when I say it's always different, it's a different event that causes it mm-hmm. but the cycles look similar after a while mm-hmm. you know because you know you go through the period of you know growth and then you go through a period of a contraction um, then it's the severity of the contraction and so forth and then you know you turn on you know the news and you hear them speaking about all different things and then the word recession comes up and all of a sudden people start thinking oh my gosh are we going into recession and maybe you know we can chat a little bit about that because the perspective is is you know first of all if we went into a recession does that mean that the markets going you know in the tank are we all going to lose money and nobody has a crystal ball never Mm -hmm. did never will but having said that is is that you know does a recession if we think globally and so forth and economically doesn't mean that the markets are off not necessarily um... it, it can depend on a lot of factors and ironically
2: sometimes uh... as the economy uh... is uh entering or in the middle of a recession that's sometimes when you see stocks stocks really start to percolate because what investors will assume is that monetary policy is about to ease and a lot of times that will be a good signal for risk assets so you're 100% right Um, a recession doesn't necessarily mean it's bad for stocks Um, what often isn't great for stocks is when um, uh, the Fed is raising interest rates at a very rapid pace. And that was also something that characterized uh, certainly the end of 2022. That was another thing that I should have mentioned that uh, contributed to the volatility. Our view of BlackRock is um, we think the U.S. economy is really resilient. Um, And our base case is that we're probably not going to go into recession this year. And some of the data that I would cite for people is, for those of you that don't watch every economic report that comes out, um, the jobs growth in the United States has been uh, astounding. Um, The number of jobs created in January alone was over 500,000. That was more than double what Wall Street economists had estimated at 189,000 and almost double the number of jobs that were created in December at 216,000. So we would just make the case, it would be highly unusual for the US economy to enter recession with job growth that high. And the unemployment rate at the lowest level since May of 1969. That's not a backdrop to us that uh, that says
1: uh, recession is coming. It's a great insight. You know, we've been sharing that with clients you know, all through the course of last year. And you know, part of you know, the perspective that you know we give the people is is that you know, the whole idea when you know you get the Fed raising rates as fast as they are, it's almost like we had a car that was driving too fast, and it was like we had to tap the brakes to slow us down and they rose rates so quickly that you know if we were sitting here back in January of 22 you know you can just look at mortgage rates were say around 3% and now here we are in January February of 23 and it's more than double that. And so that rapid rise put that pressure on the bonds, so bond prices and so forth were off, put the you know, hold on equities. However, it seems like we might be getting closer to the top of that rate cycle. So, so what are some of your thoughts or what are you hearing at BlackRock?
2: No question. press probably still a little bit of wood left to chop, um, but our view is that we are a lot closer to the end of this rate hike cycle than the beginning. Um, we're estimating two. Maybe three more hikes, but the hikes will be smaller than what we've experienced last year. Many of you may realize the Fed raised rates uh, at 75 basis point clips uh, in the latter half, middle half, and latter half of uh, 2022. Um, We think that that slows to 25 basis points because a lot of the heavy lifting has already been done. Uh, Our view is that the Fed funds rate will probably top out at five and a quarter, maybe five and a half percent. So the good news for investors is that as we plateau there. Um, we think that a lot of the volatility that we've seen is finally going to start to uh, be behind us, which is good. And I think we've already started to see that this year. Another thing I'd highlight is, um, we think this is going to open up a number of different opportunities. And I'll, I'll share it with you, you know, what I mean by that. Um, several years ago, maybe three, when I would talk to clients uh, about their positioning, um, people were exclusively focused on the U.S. They really wanted to own tech Mm -hmm. including the fang names and then in fixed income um, almost all their exposure tended to lean toward high yield now at the time high yield bonds were paying less than four percent and these are companies that are not of the highest credit quality today when we look around the world uh, whether you look at short-term investment grade bonds uh... if you look at some of the international markets in terms of what we can get paid in things like uh... institutional preferreds uh, we're seeing six seven percent opportunities pretty much everywhere we look so my point with that is advisors and clients can enjoy much more diversified portfolios today, paying them a very decent rate of return versus having portfolios that were only concentrated in particular corners of the markets when rates were very low because that's what the market was rewarding
1: when rates were at zero. So I think it's a a much more healthy environment that we're heading into for investors. It's a great insight and then one of the things that I think that people make the mistake of is is when they hear, oh, uh, there might be uh, one or two or three more increases coming up, A lot of times that's already baked into the cake. You know, it's like when you know the public is speaking it or the Fed is speaking or the, you know, the economists are thinking of it, they've already adjusted portfolios and so forth. You know, because when we're talking about the markets, the markets are already foreseeing what they see going forward, uh, not waiting till the date that it occurs and then it happens and then everything adjusts. So a lot of all of that with regard to rates are kind of baked into the cake. Um, Do you see it any different on that, Mike? No, 100%. As
2: a Matter of fact, if you look at uh, Fed Funds' futures contracts, to your point, Frank, they've already pretty much priced that out. I'm optimistic that um, the Fed may only raise two more times, uh, considering the amount of hiking they've done already in the past, let's say, 12 to 14 months. Um, not a huge amount on an economy that's very strong. And I think there's a lot of optimism that people should have about the outlook for inflation because some of the data that is really important uh, regarding future pricing has already started to roll over. And one of those areas that's critical is housing. We've seen rents across the country declining each of the last six months. That's a big deal because for a lot of people, rent is one of the biggest uh, variable costs that they have. And when that starts moving down for them, it takes a lot of pressure off. The other thing, and I think everybody uh, that's listening to this or or watches it will probably agree with, uh, if you look at natural gas prices, in the Northeast, uh, or oil prices. so They're well off their highs. Again, those are things that people see every month because they're either filling up their gas tank, or they're paying their electric bill, or they're paying their heating bill, and those are all coming down. So all of these things that were big sources of inflation in the early part of 2022, we started to see that come off the boil, and it's moving in the right direction. So I'm cautiously optimistic we're going to start to see those inflation numbers as we get to the back half of the year. Uh, we'll, we'll start to improve, and remember, all this monetary policy that frank and i have talked about it acts with a lag so if the fed raises rates at a particular date the economy typically doesn't feel it till about another six months we're only
1: now starting to feel the impact of those 75 basis point increases that they did last year and so you know when we think in terms of advising clients and we think of our clients that have money in retirement accounts and their 401ks and their pensions and everything else um, Not a terrible time to be putting money to work, and when I say that is, is you know, if I was going to be putting money into fixed income or things of that nature, we're seeing rates that we haven't seen in a long time. There's great opportunities there, but at the same point, we've also seen you know uh, sell-offs in the markets that are pretty substantial all through the course of 2022, Mm -hmm. which is and you know at some point um, rates will sit where they are for a little bit. You know, you you might have uh, some perspective on that, but eventually, you know, rates. So also it's like the water you know the tide goes up and all of a sudden the so- tide starts going down and when the tide starts going back down on rates uh, then the attraction becomes equities again and so as they're going back to equities you know Mike are you seeing it any different or you know what would you share with people on that so I, I know you, you probably advocate
2: this a lot Frank I do too I'm a big fan of dollar cost averaging I would never be scared of the capital markets the only time you shouldn't dollar cost average if you think there's no future for the United States and I think all of us would agree that that's probably not a good investment plan. Um, In terms of, uh, if people do want to be a little bit more tactical, I would say this, as we described earlier, the investment environment today, in terms of what you can get for return, is much healthier and much more diversified than it was three years ago. Uh, It was was a little bit uh, trickier investing three years ago when rates were at zero, because there was really nowhere for them to go but up. I'm of the view, our team is of the view, that because the job numbers in the U.S. are so strong, the Fed is not gonna be quick to cut rates. But I also wanna be clear and tell everybody that when they get done this rate hike cycle, it could be the last one we see like this for a long time. And the reason I would say that is if you look at the U.S. economy, it's the biggest in the world, but it's also very mature. Left to its own devices, at this point, it probably grows somewhere between two and three percent a year. A Fed funds rate of five percent or five and a quarter is too restrictive for an economy that grows two to three percent. Especially when we look at a planet where, whether you're looking at Europe, Japan, United States, or China, it's getting uh, older in terms of demographics. Aging societies tend to be uh, savers, not spenders. That tends to be deflationary, not inflationary backdrop. And so I would make the case to you, I think you're going to get to a point later this year when man, you're going to have some opportunities in equities, but also fixed income uh, for the first time in a while. So a nice diversified portfolio, I think, can get people uh, pretty attractive rates of return, I would say, in the high single digits that they can feel pretty comfortable with and not have to worry about the Fed. Well,
1: it's a great insight. As I listen to you and you're saying that, so someone who would just go out and say, hey, I'm just going to buy an S&P 500 fund and just park my assets in that one asset class or uh, whatever the case might be is, um, they may be selling them short in light of what's going on around the world Uh, you know and I know that you're on the global side It, it to me it speaks to and we've always advocated with our clients that a globally diversified portfolio makes sense Uh, We would agree, and
2: what I would say is the S and P five hundred is a great asset class. It's the most popular asset class, but it's not the only asset class. Great perspective. And we got to remember too that after many many years of outperformance by a small handful of technology companies, I would also say that the S and P at this stage probably a little bit more imbalanced than it's been previously. You know, the top five or six names make up twenty five percent of the index, and so a lot of your result at the index level is going to be determined based on how a handful of technology companies do. I'm not saying that these companies won't continue to perform well, but Frank, as you know, sometimes the way a company performs and the way its stock performs isn't exactly identical depending on the starting point of the valuation of that stock. Uh, On our team, on the Global Al team, what we're seeing is, for the first time in many years, a lot of opportunities outside the US, especially in Europe. The reason why I'm saying that is, energy prices have come down even faster in Europe than the United States. The prices of their stocks are lower than their comparable American peers. And number three, a lot of companies in Europe for a whole host of reasons, tend to do more exporting than their American peers. And one of the places that they export is to Asia. We didn't get into this on the call, but it's important to understand while economic growth in the U.S. is strong, it's slowing, and it's gonna be slowing in Europe. But China is just coming out of three years of COVID lockdown. So they're gonna have some acceleration in their growth. Those European companies are going to be exporting to China. So companies like Louis Vuitton, um, Daimler, uh, Mercedes-Benz, uh, these are brands that we buy here in the United States that we know very well, uh, those companies are
1: based in Europe and they're going to be selling a lot of those wares to China. No question. That's a great insight. So Mike, as we're wrapping up, you know, my takeaway is... Um you know, it seems like hopefully the worst is behind us. We don't have a crystal ball but it's certainly starting to feel that way a little bit more. Uh, the second thing is there's always a cycle, there's always an event that's going on, there's always things going on in the world. What we know is, is that if we look at long-term perspectives on equities Um, even bonds and everything else over time they perform they're not designed to be timed in or out Um, and then the whole idea of having a globally diversified portfolio seems to make sense for people and I would just say for all of our listeners is you know make sure that you're living within your risk profile Uh, make sure that you have liquidity so that when there is you know this level of volatility that we've seen in the, in the past that you can sit it out sometimes and when I say sit it out it means that you allow your portfolio to recover that you're not taking additional dollars out because you need liquidity so make sure you have plenty of liquidity um, you have 6 months to 12 months of emergency funds or liquidity somewhere and then allow the portfolio to do what it should do which is to go through the full economic cycle and then to stay globally diversified in a risk profile that you're comfortable with that you can sleep at night and not sell mm-hmm. because you know it's just too nervous for you. So, Seeing any different than that, Mike? I would say
2: uh, everything you said is 100% right. Uh, And what I would say from a short-term or a tactical perspective, the two things that I would be most excited about as as an investor is number one, we are getting close to the end of the rate hike campaign. So the Fed is going to move off of center stage within the next three or four months uh, and be more of a a sideshow. It's going to be more about earnings. It's going to be more about how the economy is performing. I think that's really important. I think the Second thing, uh, as it relates to our outlook regarding recession, to your point Frank, whether we enter one or we don't enter one, doesn't necessarily tell you uh, whether the stock market's gonna go up or down, but I will tell you this. If the U.S. avoids recession, one of the things that we can probably take off of the table is a huge equity correction you know, uh, something on the magnitude of 15 or 20%. So that should give investors confidence that if the U.S. isn't going to go into a recession, it's unlikely that the stock market's going to have a really, really tough time. Uh, and I think that's, that's important, especially if it's a, if it were, or a substantial, or,
1: as the economists would say, a hard landing. That's not our forecast. The data doesn't support that. And, and it's interesting because we speak to, you know, um, institutional money managers from all different companies, and um, it's, it's been pretty consistent across, which is if... We, and there's the word if, and then if, if if we do, then it seems that it would be mild, and then you just look statistically over you know the years um, doesn't mean the market goes down. It sometimes it stays up sits flat, whatever. Nobody knows. And what I always say is, you know, an investment portfolio and an investment strategy is usually over someone's lifetime. Even if it's a retirement plan, it's supposed to get you through retirement, not to retirement. And so, you know, for most people, they'll spend 10, 20, 30 years in retirement. So that time horizon is significantly longer than we look at. And owning equities in a diversified portfolio makes sense. So Mike, thank you so much for being With us for all of our listeners, it's a pleasure to be with you again. Mike Trudell, BlackRock, Frank Conjaloo, CNA Financial Group, and the Institute of Responsible Wealth. Have a great month.
0: Advisors of the Institute of Responsible Wealth may be licensed for investment and insurance products. The Institute of Responsible Wealth is an educational division of CNA Financial Group. CNA Financial Group and its advisors are an agency or an agent of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities LLC member FINRA, SIPC, Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. The Institute of Responsible Wealth and CNA Financial Group are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Guardian its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian or CNA Financial Group. An opinion stated are their own. Diversification does not guarantee profit or protect against market loss. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Investing in the bond market is subject to certain risks including market, interest rate, issuer, credit, and inflation risk. Equities may decline in value due to both real and perceived general market economic and industry condition. Investing in foreign securities may involve heightened risk including currency fluctuation, less liquid trading markets, greater price volatility, political and economic instability, less publicly available information, and changes in tax or currency laws. Such risks may be enhanced in emergent markets. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Data and rates used are indicative of market conditions as of the date shown. Opinions, estimates, forecasts, and statements of financial market trends are based on the current market conditions and are subject to change without notice. References to specific securities, asset classes, and financial markets are for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a solicitation, offer, or recommendation to purchase or sell securities. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. S&P 500 Index is a market index generally considered representative of the stock market as a whole. The index focuses on the large-cap segment of the U.S. equities market. Industries are unmanaged and cannot invest directly. 2023-152-204